This one's for the culture. Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan Thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand Still ten toes down, we ain't switching up the stance the mission of- And welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Bond Chronicles I am Mr. Bond Chronicles, your host And I'm joined with my co-host Mrs. Bond Chronicles And we are The Bond Chronicles and you can find us on YouTube, uh, where we appreciate if you continue to subscribe and hit that bell for those notifications, as we've been having a lot of content dropping. You never know when we're going to pop up and come to you in your living room. Uh, we also are on Facebook with the Bond Chronicles there, uh, sharing some different things, might have some giveaways coming. You never know. You got to stay tuned. And also, we are on Twitter. I am Mr. Ray Bond on Twitter. And we are the Bond Chronicle something something on Twitter. Not on there <laughs> as much because that's not what we do. It's not what I do. Like you be tweeting. Yeah, but not from our personal pers- uh, oh. podcast account. Oh, okay. I typically get information from the podcast account. I don't really do a bunch of tweeting there. Gotcha. Um, I could do more promo. TikTok may be coming. Maybe so. Maybe not. Got to keep the bell rung so you know what's coming. Um, so we have made it to the Reggie Miller episode. Can't wait to go. Well, we're not going to the garden, but we'll be in New York for the Lights On Festival from all the things I've seen from the California show. It's going to be lit. I can't wait. Her just did a performance with Steve Wonder. She's been all over. She brought out Chris Brown. Uh, so she, she brought out a lot of people. She did. Sweetie was there. Not sure why. but Guapole. She, she did. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, we're excited. The bar's been set pretty high. I really don't like when you do that because then I'm going to hold you to that really high bar and then I may or may not be disappointed, but going with an open mind and we'll see what happens. Is that what that was? Yeah, it was an open, open mind. mind. Yeah. Okay. That's what I do. Um, so yeah, last episode we got into the parenting ways of the black community versus other communities and the lack of camaraderie that we had. The slogan that's been used is the village, it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. seemingly the villages are gone, gone. Or that they've been pillaged by people, uh, mainly by the workforce because people are having to work a lot longer. But we did want to, we didn't want to rush through that. Uh, we wanted to come back, address some other aspects of it. Um, so that's what we're here to do today. Yeah. And we'll see kind of where it goes, where we agree, where we disagree, where I'm right and where she agrees with me. And uh, yeah. Where you're right and I agree with you? Yeah. That's not how that works. Black men don't cheat and black men aren't wrong. <sighs> you can tell somebody gets all that information from the internet. Uh, well, if it's on the internet, that means it's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It looks like that has been slightly adjusted. But uh, we did want to pick up because we have three kids, one on the way. Mm-hmm. And three boys. Three boys. Just pray for me. Pray for me. She'll be fine. They love her. Um, sometimes <laughs> the Wawa West when she's around, so they love her even more. I'm usually the bad guy. When I say nap time, they run and they cry and they scream because I stick to a nice strict schedule. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to start with the idea that, and I don't know enough about other cultures because I'm only black. <laughs> um, 
but where did the once you're 18, you have to figure something out mentality come from? And why is it so heavily implemented in the black community versus the other communities? Again, speaking from being a black man, I know it to be true. Other cultures don't see it as much. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of open it up to you, kind of your thought process on where it comes from, why it's here, and go from there. Um, I guess the biggest thing you think about is economically. Like once you're 18, technically you're an adult. You can get a job without anyone's permission. Um, you can pretty much do anything that you want. Um, as far as government goes, legal age, blah, blah, blah. And so, especially once upon a time in black households, you needed all the income you could get. So if you're not working and you're not in school, you're not about to just lay around putting dents in the good furniture. Like, <laughs> um, I, th I think that's like obviously one place that it really started because a, lo a lot of unfortunate people, I mean, well, not a lot of unfortunate people, but welfare and the way that it worked is it took black men out of the home. And then you combat that with drugs and street life and all these other things that are going on outside of the home that are also taking men away from home. Um, it was oftentimes left to the mom to take care of everybody. And I don't know if this happens as much now, but at one point in time, like you had like sisters and living in the same houses, like auntie, grandma, like everybody was living in the same household, but you needed all the income you could get to make sure all the bills were covered. And like, again, if you're not working and you're not contributing anything, you're not educating yourself so that you can go on and be better, there's no reason for you to just be sitting around the house when all the other adults are working. So I think that's where it came from. And then as time went on, it just got more and more severe. Like when you think about the crack epidemic, there were so many people who were out in the streets. It's like, you didn't want them to bring that home. You didn't want that to destroy your household. And as much as you might love your kid, but if they were strung out or if they were selling, like they needed to go, plain and simple. Um, and then you just look at it culturally. A lot of times, again, in other cultures, households, both parents were either sufficiently employed where they didn't need the children to work, so they didn't need the children's income, or the dad could afford to take care of everybody. And so they had savings. They had homes that they could take the equity out of to send the kids to college. Like it wasn't a scramble to try to figure out how to support the family. So they were more likely to show more leniency, I guess, with the child or uh, a, what is it, an adult child um, staying home longer and kind of figuring out life. Whereas I don't think we give our our kids that same grace. Like you go off to school, you 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 know, get your life together. It's always immediately like, okay, so what do you do next? You finish college, what's your next move? You got a job, what's your next move? Like it's never 
giving your kid a chance to really get settled into adulthood and really figure their way out? Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think some of it is more nuanced and I think this actually goes, it works on both sides. So economically, I agree. I definitely think that one in a single parent home where there could be multiple children in limited rooms, it makes sense that once you become an adult, you become an adult. Um, little kids having share rooms. Typically, when that kid goes, that means that there's more space. Mm -hmm. um, also, if you have a grown adult that you're feeding and taking care of, that's more money. Um, grown adults eat more than little children. So naturally, if it's just one person and say I get a set amount of food stamps each month, you talk about welfare, that money goes a whole lot longer when there's one less person to feed in the home. Um, I think also it speaks to where you live. Um if you live in a lower income area, once you hit an adulthood, your life is going to be kind of decided for you. You can't just afford to just sit at home all day because outside could be dangerous, outside could be busy. There's just a lot of potential distractions and you might meet a man or woman. Uh, so I think there's just a lot of different reasons as to why at 18 you should be out on your own. Uh, I can speak for my dad. I believe when he hit 18, he went to the military. Uh, and that was similar reasons. He grew up in Indiana, wasn't a super affluent home, and decisions had to be made. I think the other part to that is a lot of children want to help the parent that raised them. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do that is to make money. Uh, how you do that is to be determined, but a lot of times staying at home is an option for space reasons, for money reasons, and in order for you to obtain what you want, you may have to move away from where you are. So I think there's a lot of pieces that that go into it as far as, you know, what role that plays as far as lacking a tribe. Uh, I would say if all the potential helpers are gone, then there's going to be no tribe. Like if everybody in the 18 to 22 age range is gone, and in some cases less than that, that there's not going to be that. I can think back to my childhood. I don't remember having a babysitter. I don't remember having a go-to person that would come around that was, you know, young that my mom would pay at that point in my life. Like my mom was gone and working and she had to figure it out. <laughs> like there's food, there's frozen dinners, there's cup of noodles, there's hot dogs, there's something simple, but we weren't paying for a babysitter. We could barely afford to pay the rent. Uh, so naturally for me, I gave up playing sports in high school because that wasn't going to pay no bills and I went to work because there was a certain level of lifestyle I wanted. I like shoes, I like clothes. I like being able to have some kind of liberties that money gives, but I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't an extra burden on my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, so part of that was going away to college and that in some cases backfired because then I, <laughs> am, I graduated in 2011 and it's 2021 and we're still paying on student loans, but that's you know kind of how life works. But I just think when the youthful help leaves, that depletes the village. And typically when they leave, they don't come back. Yeah. So the mom that might stay in that home for forever or rent for 10, 20, 30 years, the village is depleted because as the kids come up, that will become the village to look out for one another as they grow up. Everybody goes their own separate ways. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I grew up, 
I had a group of friends and we all would meet in certain places and I, we drive past there all the time. And I remember all the things that we used to do, but now everybody's spread out. So, <coughs> yeah. Bless you. Um, yeah, I think that that's also makes a good point. Like I, for me, I was fortunate enough. I didn't have to get a job or really anything until I turned 18 and needed to figure out what I was doing with my life when I decided I wasn't ready to go to college. And again, even within that, like I moved out because I think I wouldn't necessarily say ego, but it was more just feeling myself. It's like, I have a job. I, I don't ask you guys for a whole lot of stuff. Like I was over the whole rules of living at home. Mm, um, that's another big piece. Yeah. Um, that's what it was for me. Like I was over the rules and it's just like, I don't think it's fair if I, if I'm 18 and I still have a 10 o'clock curfew. I think I actually think that really was what my curfew was. 18? Yeah. Like maybe it was a little later. I might be exaggerating, but it, I felt like it was too early for someone who was 18 and had a job. Mm-hmm. And like, I was still doing like all my big sisterly responsibilities. Like I would cook, I would wash dishes. I would help my sisters with their homework. And I would still be like, this isn't fair. I got to do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, eventually like, you know, it's not two Queens in one castle and me and my mom, there's not two Queens in a castle. No, no. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Kings had mad chicks. Yeah, there were like there was like the queen, and then there was like the concubines and mistresses and people. But there was still only one queen. Okay. I mean, if you think about Henry VIII, like you know how that went. But generally speaking, there's just one queen. Okay. Take a word for it. No, and then that's really what it was for me when I moved out. It was just like I can do this by myself. And that was your thought? No. I don't. I mean, like in hindsight, that's probably what the thought process was. But it was more so like I just didn't want to deal with my parents' rules anymore. So mm-hmm. I figured it'd just be best if I left. Hmm. Nobody. So they didn't force me out at 18. So that wasn't the case. And like, I guess if I had decided to do things differently, they would have supported. Like, I know they would have supported me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, but I've expressed many times on the podcast before that I'm a little spoiled, a little, (laughs) just a little. Um, So the next piece of this is some people are unable to take constructive criticism or advice when it comes to how they wish to raise their children and oftentimes push away the people they want help from. So help unpack that for me. Um. It goes along with that picture that picture that I posted. The village stopped raising kids when the parents started having problems with the village correcting their kids. Mm. And so that and that can be taken and perceived in a, I think a bunch of different ways because I'm the parent. Essentially, I make the rules for my kid. If you don't like the rules I make for my kid, that's pretty much too bad. You just got to deal with it. 
um, if you think there's something I could be doing better, my personality is like, I'm always willing to hear and listen on ways to be a better parent or in, I mean, in general in ways to be a better person. But a lot of people, I don't say a lot of people, I've known people who don't want to hear anything. Like they don't care what your opinion is. They don't care what experience you might have. The way they raise their kids is the way they're going to raise their kids. And you can take your opinion and put it where the sun don't shine. And so, so do you think that's more of a village issue or a parent issue? I think it's a parent issue. But that those same people will be the people that complain that they don't have anyone to help them. Right. So the reason I ask is we've dealt with this personally, where we have rules and regulations of our home and other people don't like to follow them. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was talking to a, another gentleman and he said the same thing. He said he sent his kids to his mom's house one time and they watched scary movies. Mm. And when he got home, he realized his son, I think it was his son, I don't want to speak incorrectly, had watched said movie and he told his mom, like, going forward, like, we don't do that. Well, my son, my children will go home with me when I leave versus me leaving them with you because I think they'd stay the night. Mm-hmm. So I guess my, I disagree. I don't think it's a parent issue. I think a parent, is responsible for what goes on in a household and ultimately they're responsible for the outcome of the child. So we're going to build parameters around our kid's life. I believe if you love us and you love our children, you can operate within those parameters. I don't believe parents should be super strict to the point that kids can't move, but I think there is a level of leniency. But when in today's society, when there's these two opposing beliefs that it's my way or the highway or when they're with me, they're with me. I think there's friction there that does lead to a lack of support. Mm. But I find, I put that onus more so on the support to say, hey, I need you to support me in the way I'm raising my kid. I'm not asking you to raise a kid on your own or your way. I'm simply asking you to adopt our principles and help me because you undoing everything that I'm doing, if it's eating candy late at night, if it's drinking late at night, if it's staying up past the bedtime when we have them on a regimented schedule, any of those things is actually hurting me more than it's helping me. So if the point of the village is to support and you're not supporting what we're teaching, if we say when they come over, we need them to do work assignments because they're behind on their work or whatever, or we're trying to get them ahead and they come over and all they do is play, now we've set the kid back. And Mm -hmm. so now I got to play catch up and the kids have been spoiled over there. So now the kid doesn't even want to do the work. They come home like, my parents are so mean because all right. I ever do. Yeah. We're the not, we're the no fun zone. We're the losers. We're the people that they don't like. And so then that makes our life more difficult. So I think it's more of a village problem because the village people need to understand the ways of the home in which they're from the kids that they're taking in. No, yeah. I, and on from that standpoint, I 100% agree. Like, if you're not going to respect what I'm doing as a parent and implement those same things when my children are around you, my children don't have to be around you. Because like you said, you're negating everything that I'm trying to teach my kids. And regardless of whether you agree with it or if you feel a way about it, like if you love me and if you, you know, love my kids, you'll just respect my wishes. And that I think that's definitely one thing. 
but I was speaking more to people who who don't want to take any kind of criticism or any kind of suggestion because even within the parameters of respecting how you want to raise your kid, let's say like the story with the scary movie thing. Um, the kids have watched the scary movie. You go and express to the, your, you know, your parent, like, Hey, we don't do scary movies. Can you not do scary movies anymore? The onus is then, okay, yeah, sure. That's not a problem. They don't have to watch scary movies in my house. Um, it's a completely different thing when they're saying, hey, regardless of what you say or what you do, they are going to come over here and they're going to watch scary movies. Um, and then in the same, I guess, I oh, scary movies, I guess, isn't a good example. But there's some other situation where the child has expressed they have a concern or something like that. And they've brought it to the grandparent or whomever the person is, and they talk to that person about it. And then that person comes to you and talks to you about it. And I guess they try to give advice on how to handle the situation, especially for new parents who haven't, who don't have a whole lot of experience in a lot of things. Like, this is how I handle the situation with you or your brother or whatever. This is my advice. It's one thing to listen to that advice and be like, okay, yeah, I hear that and I'll take whatever I can from it and use it to help in the situation. It's a whole other thing, I think, to be like, I don't care how you did this or, you know, like completely like throw away the person who's trying to help. If someone is constantly getting that kind of attitude, I think that's one thing that pushes the village away. Like I have um, know of people, um, <laughs> right? I know of people whose parents have helped them tremendously with their kids, mm-hmm. and to the extent where. If that parent wasn't involved in said kid's life, the kid would be in a way, way bad situation. And the parent is constantly throwing in their face, their parent's face, how much they don't need their help and how much they don't need them to be around and all of those sorts of things. When in reality, like your kid is only in a good place because of your parent. And even, I think even still to this day, like the parent tries to be as helpful as they can because one, they want access to the grandchild. Like that's always a thing. But two, they want to make sure that nothing bad happens. But a lot of people at some point, they're like, you're not going to keep abusing me and making me feel away for trying to be as helpful as I am and you act like a butthead. Uh, so I agree, uh, kind of, with, with <laughs> some of that. I think, I think a lot of it is, I think parenting has drastically changed over the years because I believe the world has drastically changed. For sure. So I think there's a huge disconnect between communication. And I see this all the time. I see this on my job. I see this in my family. I see this in my friend groups. 
our generation and the generation before us, there's there's a lot of I don't know if I can only speak from my situation. Okay. I think there's a lot of animosity. I think there's a lot of resentment. And naturally, I think, and that I think that goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lack of respect. I think people from the generation before us saw what their parents did, they saw what they did, and they see what we do, and they think we're lazy, they think we're stubborn, and so they have very little patience for when we try to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Naturally, with us, we move so fast, like we process information so much quicker that trying to communicate with someone that's not getting it is frustrating. Yes. And so you have one person that doesn't want to spend a lot of time because of they think you or they think we think we're know-it-alls. So you already think you know everything. So that's the basis for a conversation. And then you're trying to give me advice on a word that you know nothing about. Like it's hard for you to tell me how you want to teach me about my kid when I you never taught a kid that went to virtual school. Mm, like okay. You're teaching my kid I didn't have no iPad growing up. You don't know what it's like to have YouTube and have all these different all things. these different things. So you're trying to educate me and teach me. And so I might be saying to you, I'm not necessarily trying to throw away what you're saying, but what you're saying is hard to really make relevant because what you're talking about is not the not world the, that my kids live in. Yeah. Like it's it's a world that is foreign. Like I look at Courtney's current life. My life was way different. There are small aspects of like she she goes outside sometimes and plays. Outside of that, whether it's music, whether it's Apple Music that is it exists now, <laughs> like there's no Walkmans, there's no CD players, there's no Bear Share, there's no LimeWire. Computers look completely different. Access to the outside world is completely different. It's so so. I was literally just having this same conversation. A friend of mine from um, when I used to work at the real estate office, he posted a missing child Mm -hmm. on social media. Um, Fortunately, she was found. She was returned to her parents the next day. But I was telling him, it's like, the world is so different now. The mom thought that she didn't know how to ride the bus. She didn't know how to like get around it, that she was so sheltered. But the girl took the bus like to DC, like she slept, like she was okay. And and unfortunately enough, somebody, um, the, it had been shared so much on social media. Somebody saw her, recognized her, asked her her name, gave her, gave them, gave her their phone so they could get in contact with her parents and got her back home. But the reality of it is that obviously that situation could have gone way left. But also the reality is there that story was shared a thousand, you know, times. That one person who did find her could have been a crazy person. Like there's so much access, like you said, so much access to so many different things. Like they found out that she had um, an Instagram page. And well, they knew she had an Instagram page, but she had friends on the Instagram page that they hadn't approved of. So it was like a huge eye opener for them. Like they thought that they had done all these things to safeguard her Mm -hmm. from the world that they don't want her to experience. But in reality, it's still all right there in her phone. And that is, I think, the one of the biggest things that parents have to contend with nowadays is technology because there's it's everywhere. You can't say you can't use it because they need it for school now. Like there's so many different ways for them to get out there and be a part of this world that's so huge. And you don't want to be like, 
the boogeyman's on every corner. But at the same time, it's just like your fear as a parent is the boogeyman is really out there. And especially for people in the older generations who aren't as technologically savvy, like trying to explain that to them and like, we don't allow Courtney to use YouTube because, you know, things happen. We don't allow Courtney to, Courtney doesn't have a cell phone. She has friends who have cell phones. Um, but trying to explain that to people who don't think the same way or who don't even view this world the same way that you do through your perspective, that can be super frustrating on any level. Uh, no, I would, I agree. So as far as village was, I just think, I just think there's a really big gap in communication. I think there's a big gap in knowledge and understanding. And you factor that into what we talked about in the last episode is people are just busy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I may or may not have time enough to do all these things. I'm still working long hours. I might still be working weekends. So your life's moving, your life's moving. Like people are constantly moving. I just think the world moves at such a fast pace. I don't know, given the family dynamics that we have, if you're really capable of villaging, because like we said, we have a a solid group of friends. I think a lot of them are really successful, but when I necessarily rely on them to help parent or raise my child, what I, we haven't sent our kids with anyone other than our grandparents. And it's not that I don't think other people could, it's just their situations may not be conducive to it. Um, we've had like a neighbor that, you know, might help get our daughter off the bus, but that's kind of the extent to it. So I just think it's a, it's a different age and I don't know how, how villagey it can be for our generation, uh, without a bigger family dynamic. I think the family has become the village, but that family consists in Hispanic culture. I think that family environment exists in Asian culture and in a lot of times Caucasian culture that that family dynamic doesn't exist in black culture, uh, mainly because a lot of people in the black culture family, generally speaking, aren't in a place where they can support other people. I mean, I agree with that. I think specifically speaking to our um, tribe of people, like I would like to think that if our neighbors, if they needed anything or something of that nature. If they just needed the kids to come over and hang out for a little bit so they could take care of something. Like, I would like to think that they would trust us enough to do that. Like, although they also have a village of people that helps them, um, worst case scenario, something pops up last minute. Hey, go knock on Miss Robin's door and see if you guys can come and hang out for a little bit. I was, I mean, I feel that way really about any of my friends with kids, like, especially the few very close friends that I still have, like I would want them to feel like. If, how realistic is that? I mean, I don't know. They how. don't live here. The one that we have next door, they have enough family support, but I don't think, I think we'd be like maybe five on that list. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm just saying in general, like I would, I'm, I'm a family person. Like I'm big on family like tribe, community, and all of that. Um, Like even trying to organize like a block party with all the people on our Mm -hmm. street. Like I still want to do that. Like we just haven't had the time. Everybody's about to move, so. Yeah, well, that's true. Like we're about to be here by ourselves, man. Yeah. Um, 
But no, like even within that, like I'm really big on knowing the people that live around you. Like I don't remember, like especially like when we were living here in Stafford, um, I knew everybody on my street. Like we had family cookouts and all those sorts of things. And like there weren't very many houses that I could go to on my immediate street where someone didn't know how to get in contact with my mom. And I don't feel... I don't know why that's not a thing today. I, I I do, like you said, everybody's busy. Everybody is running around living their own lives. I just don't understand why you can't still foster that community, even within the small space that you occupy in this world. Like, uh, but I mean, if you even look at our neighborhood, and it's 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 a huge difference. So on any given day, we can come into our drive up the street and there's kids everywhere. Yes. You know what there's not? Adults. Adults. And I think that's the thing. I think back in the day, especially in the city, people just sat outside. Mm -hmm. People would go to the pool or the rec center or the park or wherever. And over years and years and years, the parents were always in communication. Like our kids play sports together. Our kids go to school together. Mm -hmm. Our kids Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood just hang out together and because the kids get together they they get together with the parents yeah i think in today's society typically you might send a bunch of people to somebody's house um or like i said the kids would be outside there was kids outside all night and there were people here that are family and they was out there Mm -hmm. but there's people the people that just moved out of the house across the street i never talked to them yeah, I didn't either. And that pe- probably three different families have moved in there, and I don't think I've talked to any of them ever. <laughs> the house on the end right next to it, never talked to them ever. Um, the house two doors down, that lady comes in, and I, I hardly ever see that lady. Oh, like, like, for one, I didn't even know, like, I knew someone lived there, but, like, what she looked like, yeah. like, I, I don't, I mean, at this to be honest, I still don't know anything about her. Like I know what kind of car she drives, and I know that I like her her um Bush. her deck. Oh. Like I like how her deck is set up. But other than that, like <laughs> I have no. She could be a crazy person <laughs> by all accounts, and we'd have no idea because like I never see her coming and going. Like just nothing. Every once in a while, there'll be another car parked out in her um her extra space, but generally speaking. But I think that's just culture. Um, and I got stuck at church on Sunday because I was assisting the speaker and they stayed forever. But part of the reason they did that is they could drive a long way. Mm-hmm. And they said, we just missed the fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to talk and they wanted to meet and spend as much time with everyone as they could. But generally speaking, like, that was it. Like, mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when you would go to church, that would be like food after yeah, and everybody was sitting, hang out, and it was covered, and it was paid for, and people just would hang out. out. And I just don't feel like people hang out anymore. Uh, I don't feel like, to your point, we smell people grilling. <laughs> we'll never get invited. Like we, we've seen it, and we'll say, "Hey, what you got? What you got over, what there? You got over there?" They'll tell you. They ain't invite you. And then they, you know, they'll take their food off the yeah, grill, go right, go back right in the house. But it's but see, I, I'm different though. Like we be grilling. Well, nobody, nobody. I mean, when when I want to have people over, like the whole Friendsgiving thing. Yeah. Like, to me, like I think that'll be fun. Like, I want to do... The reason why I don't do more is really just because of space. 
like we can't we don't have a whole lot of parking space for people to come and hang out like that in this call to check you invited to the friend just one that's the point there's a bunch of people we could invite i mean i was going to but i don't know when she has her baby and the last time i invited them other people like they didn't even come you don't have to explain anything to me i'm simply sharing that that's just the world we live in now like when I grew up, I had a friend of mine I used to live out back, and we would hang out. Mm-hmm. But the guy next door, like, he was a jerk. <laughs> like, you used to see a black dude, but he was the most uppiest black dude. You step on his grass, he would be pissed. Oh, man. But you know what changed that man? What? They had a kid. Mm. And once they finally had a kid, his whole demeanor changed. Changed. One day that kid ran in our house and that lady came over so embarrassed. <laughs> but it's just, I just think we live in a different world where friendship, family, togetherness, unity is just, it, it isn't there. Our country is has always, our country has always been divided, but at least the two divided groups were really unified. Mm-hmm. It was like people that hate black people and black people. <laughs> and then the people in the middle was like, non-black people that didn't hate black people <laughs> and so the non-hate black people and the black people was like tight that was tight and then the hate black people was tight and so we were had natural enemies but in black culture we got a ton of divisiveness uh whether it be terry cruz whether it be ice cube when he had the vote contract with black america mm-hmm. Nicki minaj just spoke up recently lil nas x is out here like there's so Jay-Z, many different Kanye. factors. There's and that's Factions. just in music and entertainment. There's you know the art, art people that support R. Kelly in the black community, people that don't support R. Kelly, people that support Chris Brown, people that don't, and that's just in black community. Then there's skinny black people versus fat black people. There's light skinned black people versus dark skinned black people. There's African Americans versus Africans. I mean, like, everybody is so segregated. And it's not, and the bigger point is, and I was watching this on the other pod, is I think back in the day, people could have differences and still like each other. Mm. Today, and we saw with this last election cycle, and even now, with really more with the vaccine, if you're not on our side, we, we can't be cool. can't be cool. Like, I lost a number of friendships through this last election cycle. And I know there's a bunch of people that do not like the way I'm carrying how I handle this vaccine. No, and yeah. how outspoken I am about how dumb I think it is and the fact that I think it's hypocritical and it's all the, the goalpost keeps changing. And again, if you got the shot, more power to you. If you didn't get the shot, it's what it's worth more got power the shot. to you. Like, but it's just super... Everything's divisive. And so when we have this animosity between each other because of our personal differences... You can't build community. I, you can't build that. community. And... and Again, the way I function, and I, I just, and I don't know when we got to that. Like, I, I don't understand why we can't have differences in opinions, especially for things that aren't directly impacting our personal lives. Like, you voted for Donald Trump, you know. Um, I don't twice, twice. I don't hate you for that. Um, I respect your political decision. Um, regardless of whether I agree with it or not, um, we see things differently on some levels politically. And I'm cool with that. 
like we can talk about why you think the weird way that you think. <laughs> I look pretty good right now. I, I'm. We're not going down that road. You said I'm. We're my, not going down that road. That's my not what this is weird. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So we're not if you're going down. Label me as weird. I'm not well, labeling you, gotta, you as weird. You just said your weird way. Uh, some of the things that you think I think are weird politically. But generally speaking, like I understand the reasons why you decided to vote for Trump, just like I understand why you're going to make your gubernatorial decision. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that we don't always see eye to eye on things, but on the important things, the things that matter for our family and our children and our lives, like we see the world pretty similarly. I don't understand why people in general can't have more of that. But I'll tell you why. And I've had this happen a lot. And like I said, I'm the Trump guy. Um, so I've had this conversation with people and this it, it almost never fails. And it just happened over the post I made the other day. Which one? The uh, should men get a push oh, gift. Oh, the push gift. Oh. So it starts as, and there's a lot of these kind of people in this world. And so you'll have a conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. And I make my point. You make your point. Okay, I counter your point. And instead of just countering my point, you start to attack, attack me. Attack you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now I'm dumb. I'm racist. I'm an idiot. I'm all these negative things. And now we've completely lost sight of what the point of this conversation was, is I'm explaining to you why this is relevant for me. And I think that's a problem in our country. And I think that's across all sectors. Like I said, it was a vague question. Somebody, this girl went off. Oh no! She I, said, "I like, saw." She's sorry for you as my wife. Like all this other stuff, even though you had already commented and said how you felt. So instead of us just having a a healthy dialogue, a healthy conversation about something we can disagree with, and there were some people, mostly women, that disagreed with my. Oh, uh, there were quite a few men actually that disagreed with you too. No. Yeah, it was. There's like four or five of them. There's two. And a bunch of them liked it and just sat. No. And then when I asked them, they had no response because most men are weak and men have been beaten to, they are. Most men in society are weak. Okay. That you can't speak out against women, like, or you're a bigot, you're a misogynist, and they will destroy you. Like, that's just the way the world works right now. There's a couple groups like that, women are one. Um, and I don't subscribe, <laughs> so I keep saying what I say, and you can unsubscribe, you can unfriend, you can unfollow, you can do whatever you want. I don't really care. Um, but I think all of that is why there's no village. There is no support because we're so divided on everything. And it's not just that we're divided, but then we become aggressive. And I don't, I don't know where that part comes from. I don't know if that's years of built up anger and frustration. There was a young lady that lashed out. I can see why she might have a lot of hurt and anger in her life. Mm -hmm. Why she just chose to target at me in that way. I don't know. I don't really care, but other people get really, really passionate about certain issues. And this vaccine is one that I've seen become a very, very polarizing issue that people really, really care about. And so if you don't subscribe either way, then they have to attack you and belittle you because you don't think like that. But see, even with the vaccine, like I tell people, and I'm super honest about it, like the only reason I got vaccinated is because of the Hurt concert, like legit. I wish they had still been giving away money when I went to go get it so that I could have also gotten paid for wasting my time. 
Um, but when you say that and people don't agree with you on that, like like you said, like it, they go way left with it. I think parenting and community and trying to foster like uh, an environment that I think takes note of people's mental health. Like I haven't seen Sarah in weeks. I think you're just making. The I mean, I'm just making a yeah. <laughs> I'm just making a name up. I haven't seen Sarah in weeks, and you know her kids. Everything seems fine, but I want to check on Sarah to make sure make sure Sarah is okay. Like that kind of thing. Everybody runs around talking about mental health and supporting people who you feel are having mental health issues. But what are people really doing outside of posting a post about it on social media? Like my sister had really, really bad postpartum depression after she had her son. And like, I tried to, you know, talk to her and all of those sorts of things. But, you know, because we don't have the same relationship that I have with Tiana and Tess, like parts of it were a little weird for me just because we didn't grow up together. Here's one of the other sisters. Paige. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, well, you like throwing names out when it's me, but you don't throw names out on the shoot. But I need names. Call me knowing who that is. <laughs> right, My bad. I'm sorry. But like she, and we've talked about it. And even like when I think of some of my friends who've had kids, um, just trying to be there for people the way I want people to be there for me and my kids and for you. And like, I just don't understand why that, like, like focusing on humanity, like fine. We don't have, excuse me. We don't have the same political views. Fine. We don't have the same religious views. Fine. We look at certain things in life differently, but at the end of the day, my heart beats the same way your heart beats. And but I don't think people, I think that's the disconnect. I think you, you, you take for granted that people like care about humanity. <laughs> I know that they don't as much anymore, but what I'm saying is I don't understand why that aspect of community is just gone. Because if you watch all these lovey-dovey, I love the world commercials, it'll have you thinking like, hey, people do still really care and love each other. Like I saw that post um, that my friend shared about the missing girl. I didn't have to reshare that. I could have just kept scrolling. But myself and I think 900 other people reposted that in efforts to help this little girl get home. Like, to me, I think that's community. Like, that's people. That is so, that is so bare minimal. That takes two seconds. <laughs> but how many people saw that post and did, and scrolled right past it? I agree. But how many people reached out to the original post and was like, is there anything else I can do? I don't know. They did. I can promise you. Because I do it. I see it. And usually I'll scroll. I'm like, ah, you know what? This doesn't take much time. I'll share. Boom. Done. Mm-hmm. But that's like bare minimum. That's it. That that's what you're gonna get. That if that person was in your community, you think anybody was gonna get up in their car and go look for that girl? No. They was gonna share the post and hopefully somebody out there will get it and somebody out there will do something about it. But I'm not about to do it. I mean, we see it in the Stafford community um Facebook page all the time, like people posting about losing their dogs and like all of that kind of stuff. Like I see it on social media. In our culture? Oh. 
True enough. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just don't understand why it's not a thing. And it could be a thing. If everybody cares about loving their neighbor as much as they say they care about loving their neighbor and whomever, like, I don't understand why it can't be a thing. So I think that brings me to the last point. We've gotten way off track, which I'm perfectly fine with. I think the other part that is missing this conversation is in our community, we're all crabs in the same barrel. And so me helping you could potentially impact my ability to succeed. Or at least that's the mentality. And we've talked about this before. I don't subscribe to that. But that's because I've been somewhat fortunate in the way in which I've been brought up. I was brought up in the suburbs. I went to a really good Division One college. I've had pretty steady jobs. I've made pretty decent money. I didn't grow up in a low-income area where literally the statistics of me coming out were really, really low. Right. And so... In that environment, I could imagine how I might raise my kids a little bit differently. And if the kid over the, around the corner goes to jail or gets caught up and is out of the system or is in the system, that, that gives my kid a better opportunity. And I might not overtly act in such a way, but at the same time, I could kind of be okay with, oh, well. He's Dang, not on that, the basketball team anymore. I guess you're a starting that, spot now. That, that's terrible that that happened to their kid, but you're up. Yeah. Uh, and I think that looks a lot of different ways in our community, and I see it way too often. And I get where that comes from. Like, I, that we can, I feel like on this podcast, we talk about a lot of the same issues, but it's because a lot of the same issues have a lot of impacts on today. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is the other piece that, amongst a lot of people especially if you're not in a if you haven't made it in life and you're busting your butt you're working extra time you're working overtime you're trying to start a business you're taking night classes to go to school it's do you want to allocate more time to potentially help somebody else no i'm just trying to get me above water i'm just trying to get me to stop living paycheck to paycheck i'm not about to have your grubby kid over here not listening eating up my food when i can barely afford to feed my family but see and so again, my mindset and my mindset has always been if I help open the door for someone else, if I know information that it's not necessarily benefiting me, it's not doing anything to help me, but I know someone else needs that information, I'm going to share the information. And regardless of whether they get put on before I do or something pops off before something pops off for me, like I don't care. Like I think. One, in the world that I like to think I live in, like when you so good into the universe, when you so good into people, regardless of what happens, it's going to come back for you. Like, and, but it's been very emblematic in my life. Like I can think of a bunch of times where I probably couldn't, shouldn't have been able to afford to pay my rent or just, you know, something and me, I mean, personally, I've always been straight. After I had Courtney, me and Courtney were always good. And I mean, I one, I just think that's God. Like I'm a very blessed person. But even when I look at our life, technically speaking, <laughs> like we should be on struggle bus city. Like I think we travel more. We do a lot more than people I know with 
less. And then people with more. But some way, somehow, things always are on an upturn for us. Even with us being able to do this podcast and like, you know, all the different opportunities that have been presented to us to do different things. Like that doesn't just happen just because like, I think that happens because at some point in time, we sold something good for someone else. Like you bought that guy's, uh, those Cinti things from that guy in the parking lot that one time. And originally you were going to say no. Like, oh, originally you did say no. And God told you, no. Call him back over here. And we bought his things or whatever. We still have some of them. You know, they're still. They ain't throwing out. They they don't work. They don't work anymore. I think the the sense has run out. But you never know how that can impact a person's life. I know I bought some art from my friend Derek one time. And I had done it because I had been saying, I'm going to buy something. I'm going to buy something. And I think maybe a year after I bought it, I saw him in person for the first time in forever. And he was he was telling a story. He was like, man, I think in, like how much artists struggle when they're trying to do art full time. And he was like, there was one time, like, I didn't even have food to eat. And an order came. Like, Robin, that was your order, actually. Like, I, you ordered that. And I had food. I had grocery money for the rest of the week. And, like, little things like that, like, you never know how your positive actions can impact someone else or the world around you. So I don't, I mean, I know the crab in a barrel mentality exists, but I don't subscribe to it and I don't do anything to encourage it to continue to exist. If that makes sense. So I think the premise of what you said is for me, what's telling your premise is it's worked for you. My premise is I've seen it not work for me a ton. Um, I've seen it work and I'm going to continue to sow and reap because that's my Christian foundation. If I didn't have a Christian foundation, I would not care about anybody else because I think most people are selfish. Most people are out for self and they will step on you to obtain their goal. And I've seen it happen time and time again. I've seen nice guys finish last a bunch of times. I've seen really good hearted people get taken advantage of time and time again. And I've seen really, really screwed up people go on to, and again, from the outside, have very successful lives. Mm. And so, yeah, for you, absolutely. And for me, I have benefited. And I think the 100% that is on God. 100% that's on God. But I, I'd be lying if I haven't said that I have resented a lot of my life because I've tried to do right by people. And I feel like, in a lot of places I could be better off or I would be in a different place in life if I wasn't as nice of a person as I am. So I hear you, but <laughs> you don't subscribe. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I only subscribe because of my faith in Christ and trying to be more like him. But if he didn't exist and I was just in this world with the way people are no, nah, not, not a chance. Hmm. It's, I, I don't know. Cause even before, like I started my walk with God again. Like I've always believed that if you do right, right comes back to you in whatever form that it comes back to you in, it comes back. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Go figure. Yeah. You're only a nice person because of God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not the way I was raised. That's not who I was brought up to be. That's just how life has shown me, especially with women. 
I y'all are y'all are special, man. So everybody's special in their own way. They are. Um, <sighs> so do we still want to do this or do you want to go here? Um where are we looking at on time? Y'all, we've been trying to play around with how long these uh, mm-hmm. podcasts are. Um, so if you could, in the comments, let us know like how you feel about the length of time that you're spending listening to us. Because like we can sit here and we can talk for a long time, but viewership dwindles <laughs> sometimes the longer we talk. Um no, we don't have to. It's not a huge deal. We don't have to look. This this right here. So we stay here? No, I mean, we don't have to really do any of the rest of it. Because if we do, then we'll go way over. So we need to have a part three or? No, we can just move on. Okay. Uh, well, that was kind of abrupt. That was the way I was planning for it to go. Um, I mean, we can, like, but all I'm saying is, I just feel like the one time I tried to stay on time is like, that's not a smooth ending, and this isn't a smooth ending. Oh, I thought it was though. It wasn't. I stopped by saying, "Hey," I mean, unless we just edited all of this out, <laughs> which we totally can. Yeah. Um, hold on, where was it? Now I gotta actually read it. Oh no, I won't talk about this. You do? Um, yeah. So I'll cut out that little back and forth video that was useless. Um, <laughs> So part this thing you have here, and I think this speaks to my woman actually point, and that's the only reason I want to talk about it. Okay. So you said many people celebrate single parenthood and how they manage to do everything on their own, but they're also pissed that they that they have to do everything on their own. And so for me, this is a woman thing. <laughs> I don't know any men that I can think of off the top of my head that celebrate being a single dad, like that relish in that. Do they do it and do they take quote unquote pride in doing it? Sure. One, it's typically not the case. Um, but I don't hear many members like, yeah, I'm a strong black dad, strong single father, or anything like that. They might say they're a dad, but for me, in my experience, it's typically a woman's thing and I don't get it. Um, it's that whole, I don't need a man, but I watch a bunch of romantic movies and want somebody to sweep me off my feet. And put me in my horse and chariot. Like, I don't get it. Uh, but when it comes to parenting, or you have a decent dude that would like to be a part, but Kevin Samuels is super famous for a reason because you don't want that guy. You want the guy that's going to treat you like a dog, talk to you like trash, but give you good sex. Um, that is not where I saw this little portion of the conversation going. No, go ahead. I hear you. I'm listening. But no, I, I think that that's in relation to the single parent and taking ownership of, ownership of it. I don't think anybody really enjoys it. I think it's a front that you put on and then you got to live up to the front. So you chase a bunch of people away that could actually help you. And I think it's super problematic. And that Miss Independent, I got, she got her own. I think that is very unique to our culture. I don't see a bunch of single soccer moms enjoying the fact that their husband left them for their secretary. They typically lose it. <laughs> um, I brought this, I, I brought that point up 
because it's very common in a lot of because I'm on I'm in like five mom groups on Facebook. I'm in zero. <laughs> well, I would hope so. Um, I mean, I got to do market research. Probably should join them. They probably wouldn't let you in. So, and that's the problem. But Y'all keep out here. Give me a second. No, no, so no, 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 no. This no, no. is the part I can't <laughs> understand, and I, th- this happened in multiple posts in some of our groups. With I saw, and I'll just, I'll be quick. There was this one post about what was it about? Oh, men. Why do men uh, need the toilet seat left up? And all these women. We're trying to tell men, oh, you just can't aim. <laughs> and it was like this this long joke mm-hmm. about why men can't just leave the toilet seat down. And it just, it reiterates how little women know about men. Like, there's a bunch of posts about it, but y'all think- Don't y'all- you do it just so that the pee doesn't splash back up on the top of the toilet seat? Right, but the whole woman's point was, you can't aim. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Where was this at? I don't know. I'm in. You said it was a group that we were in together. I thought, we were, I thought it was in um, the Marriage Girl Chronicles, or uh, it might have been. In, I don't remember. Hmm. But I see a lot of posts about this. And the, the big thing is stay out of women's business or all this stuff. But y'all keep trying to interject yourself in our business and tell us how we function, how we think, and what we need. And we be trying to tell y'all, no, we don't need that. And they're like, no, nah, y'all do. And I just don't get it. <laughs> We're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna do a show about that. We're gonna do a show about that. Should we have people on? Uh yeah, we we can. And I don't know how they're gonna respond, but that's cool because I'll stay ready. You do stay ready. You stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. Yeah, yeah. Can man, because anyone can get it. I don't know. Okay. Um, I see this a lot in my mom groups. Um basically a lot of single moms. Um, and it is frequently um, black moms, but it's Hispanic women too. And I, I there, you know, I think single moms in general um, celebrate the struggle of being a single mom. Give me, an, give give us an example. What do you mean they celebrate? So- um, uh, I guess most recently this one girl posted. Um, that she finally won the battle between her and her ex for custody and child support. And before the whole, because it was a really long post, before they started the whole, the all of the proceedings, like he wanted to go to counseling to fix their relationship so that things could work out. Like he wanted to work things out. But I think they had been separated for maybe a year. And at that point, like, she decided that she was just going to do everything herself because she had been doing things by herself and she didn't need him anymore. And she was going to go through with all of the proceedings to figure out custody and child support. Um, But same said woman, maybe a week after I saw that post, was complaining about the lack of companionship she felt as a single mom, because like, she's got to do everything by herself. Like she doesn't have a village. She doesn't have a tribe. She lives in the, like, I think she'd moved away because her ex had got a different job and moved to a different city. So they were, they'd relocated together. So she didn't have like a support system at all. And she couldn't really afford to pick up and move back to where she was from 
and like there, there was a bunch of different little things in it. But in that second post, she was complaining about how she had no companionship. She had no one to share the burden of motherhood with or parenthood with. She, it was just like, uh, how do I put this? Well, she's probably not watching this. Um, it was just a really long drawn out complaint of all these things that she didn't want to do as a single mom. But in the back of my mind, I'm just like, like a few weeks ago, you were just telling us how excited you were to be doing all these things yourself and being self-sufficient and not needing a man to do all this stuff. But I've seen similar posts like that. I see them all the time, really. In one breath, the woman is upset because there's no one to help her, you know, bust her kid back from back and forth to school or all these different things. And then in another breath, she's like so super proud of herself for being a single mom. She doesn't need anybody's help. She's got everything all on her own. Everything's under control. And I just don't, I understand where the duality comes from in that, but I feel like you would then want someone to encourage you, not in your singleness, but encourage you to find a helpmate. But that's not what happens in the comments. In the comments section, it's a bunch of other bitter women. It's a bunch of other women who are also either, you know, going through their drama or whatever the case may be and like just tearing men apart. Like I left one group eventually because like it was, it, I mean, it was a single mom's thing, but it was more, way more like man bashing <laughs> than it was anything else. And I'm just like, in the back of my mind, I was like, if these are the conversations that you are having, like, what kind of conversation are you having with men to make a man want to come into your situation and be your helpmate? Like, it, it was just a lot. So that goes more aligned with a different episode. I don't know how that tied in <laughs> to what we've been talking about on this episode. Oh, okay. Um, but... Again, I won't. We can unpack that another time, um, because I, I don't. No. I don't, if I start, I can't start. At that point. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. Um, so I guess I will. We'll, we'll wrap in saying, I don't know if we live in a world currently that's conducive to villages when it comes to parenting. I think black people are championing so many different things from police brutality to economic freedom, financial freedom, to voting rights. I think we're pulled in so many different directions that locally we don't foster community. We advocate for things typically in mass and we'll come together for a concert. We'll come together for a rally, but day in, day out, I don't think that that's there. Mm. Um, and I just think that's the way the system has been has been set up. And until we rebuild the home dynamic, I don't think the village dynamic will come until we do that. So I do hope that we get to a better place uh, from a 
standpoint of viewpoint on what family should look like. I think that is very confusing. And based on what I'm hearing, women got a long way to go. Um, I think both, though. Like, and I, I do. I think a lot of men feel similar to how I feel and how Kevin Samuels has, ex, uh, you know, kind of shared his point because he gets a lot of support because black men, I believe, feel underappreciated. And that was the whole point of my post, really, was that there should be a dual sense of appreciation. And to your point, again, I don't really care. It don't have, this it doesn't have to all be topical. Um, and I, I keep saying that. Um, <laughs> but I think the problem comes in those women kept saying, I want to do all these things. I want to do all these things. And until the reality of what it looks like to actually have to do all those things. And now there isn't a man for you to call about things that you think are small. It's like, Oh, I was doing a ton. And that little, that support I got was actually huge. Mm -hmm. And so back to my original post about should men get push gifts and people argued about the semantics of should it be equal or should it be called a push gift? All that's really noise to me. The point is men are supporting you for nine months dealing with a whole bunch of crap. And let me tell you, it is not easy dealing with someone who is pregnant, especially when you might have other kids. And this is not necessarily a shot at you. Nope, I'm listening. It's difficult to try and carry all of that load. A lot of times that might become financial if the woman can't work, if she's bedridden, if she's having a lot of problems and complications and taking her to things. If she's stressed out, you think she just holds that stress herself? No, men feel that or see that, even if women women won't talk about it. And so the idea that men should have something was just for like almost everyone's initial reaction was is this a real question yeah like is this a joke absolutely not and then I, we had a conversation about it and it was like oh well I, I could i could see that but i think that's the case on too many fronts where the support that men gives is an afterthought and i've joked about it on father's day being non-existent and we need to move it to hip-hop month in november because now we have juneteenth and i think that that mindset is innate in women and so they think and they see what's on tv and they see single women success stories and they think you know what i'm going to do that instead of dealing with this guy because he gets on my nerves and then they're like oh man that guy wasn't half bad there was mm-hmm. a lot of things he did that actually didn't make my life easier and then the reality sets in a well now i've screwed it up and now i can't go back because i bashed him to all my friends and family so i look like an idiot if i go crawling back but now I got to find a new guy and now some new guy ain't about to deal with me and all my trash. So then it becomes a perpetual cycle of now you're lonely and miserable and you're raising multiple kids and God knows you might fool around and get pregnant again um, while you're trying to find another guy. And it, it's just now you need a village, but the village is gone. And that's how I'm going to wrap that. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> like. I mean, like I hear you, like, and I, and I think for me, I see the differences in generation. Um, the generation before us, they were okay with little to no acknowledgement. They were fine with as long as my family eats, as long as my family is okay. I've done my job as a man. My life, you know, there's fulfillment in my life because my family is good. But today's men especially today's black men, I think one, there's been so much time spent on how crappy black men are. People forget that this whole new generation of black men, a lot of them are not like that. 
yes, they fool around and all of that. But when they're in a place where they're ready to settle down and live the awesome life where you get the vacation and all of that, like I see beautiful black couples around me everywhere I look. I know how my friends are treated by their significant others. I I experience a beautiful black relationship every day, but I know a lot of women who don't see that and they're still out in the dating pool and they're just constantly, you know, interacting with the ones that are just not there yet. And so, but, and I think I even said this on the post, men who are good men now know that they're good men. They know what they bring to the table. They know what they provide. They know what they want from their wife. They know the type of family dynamic they want to have. I think there are a lot more men who are interested in breaking generational curses and all those things than probably ever before. But because we've been in this cycle of toxic relationships and dealing with toxic behavior and it being okay to have a bad attitude and it being okay to not appreciate your partner and it being okay to want to be higher than your man instead of just minimum just being equals like there's so much room for friction and discourse and nobody wants to give an inch the men who want to be appreciated they want to be appreciated and the women who can take care of themselves and all of that they want it to be known they can take care of themselves and they don't need a man And that doesn't set anybody up for a happy, fruitful relationship. And I think that everybody just needs to give a little more, but nobody wants to. So, but that is like, that, that's like a whole nother episode, a whole nother conversation. For sure. Uh, And so we'll get into it. I think that. I think it's my water bottle because it's not screwed on all the way. <sighs> surprise, surprise. Um, but no, I, I think that's a good jumping off point. I agree. Uh, definitely something we should pick up uh, going forward. Maybe, like I say, get some other people involved as well. I think I think it's important to have that conversation. I think we are in a society where people are willing to have more conversations. The problem is sometimes they cancel you after you have the conversation. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily get the desired result. Um, that you might want. Uh, but again, we appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Continue to like, share, comment, subscribe, subscribe, comment. Uh, we've had some really, really good comments uh, for those of you on YouTube. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, please keep doing that. Keep sharing with your friends and family. Yes, um, we appreciate all the interaction. Um, I saw this thing the other day that was just like, you only had 30 views on your video. And it's like, yeah, it's only 30 views. But if somebody came in the room and was watched, 30 random stranger people mm. came and sat in the room and listened to us talk for an hour. Like, I would be super excited. That's and true. we are super excited that people are continuing to like, comment, subscribe, share, you know, run those numbers up. Because we really enjoy this and we really like having the whole interaction with our audience. Sorry. 
what she said. Um, so y'all know the thing. In life, things happen. You have the power to choose what you do. Choose wisely. Always bet on you. And as you saw in that ticker, if you have been blessed by us, go ahead and bless us. Um, we appreciate y'all. Look forward to the next time. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.